first of all, fuck John Stewart. Ooh, this is why I thought we were going like this, but okay. but here here's why. Here. Why does it take? And I I really appreciate. So I say that because it's like it bothers me. It takes a John Stewart to convey a message that's been screamed from the mountaintops for years, right? It bother. It literally bothers me. Um, I'm not like a John Stewart fan. I appreciate and I, I, I like his, I like what he does. I'm not like a, I don't have a t-shirt. A fanboy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's no Elon Musk. <sighs> Sorry. Didn't mean to bring him up. Yeah. <laughs> that's another, <laughs> but I, I, I've come across his, uh, the problem series on, uh, YouTube. I'm not going to get Apple TV. I'm, I'm, I'm over. I'm so over. I don't want any more subscriptions. I, I just, yeah. I just can't. Um, he's really good at pressing the issue and asking the right questions. And uh, it, it's like Hassan Minaj on who, when he did his week at the Daily Show. Uh, they asked the right questions to the right people and. Anyway, so back to John Stewart. He had two videos I shared in the group chat. Um, well, one was the problem with white people. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know where that one was going, but it was surprisingly good. I did not watch the video, but I listened to the podcast episode that was on the same topic. Okay. And so I think that there was a lot of overlap between the two. So I can certainly speak on, on some of that. Um, what was the other one that you sent? It was, uh, uh, he talked about race. Oh, where does mainstream media uh, go yeah. wrong? That one was so spot on. Um, I think there are two things. One, I, I think let's start with the media one. Mm -hmm. The way he kind of like took shots at mainstream media, they were so accurate. It was just like, that's a knockout in the first round. It's a joke. They're, they're not, um, they're not the ruling class. They're, they're, they're no more, um, they're they're no they're not special. Here, so here in my mind, so somebody said, yeah. somebody was talking to me the other day about autism. I'm like, well, shit, I might be autistic. And they're like, what? I'm like, it's a spectrum. If it's a fucking spectrum, everybody's in the goddamn spectrum, right? One way or the other. Yeah. Um, and that bothers me that like everybody at some level could be autistic because the way they define that is based on a spectrum and the spectrum has a, a start and, and an end. So that mm -hmm. means theoretically and, and factually, everybody should be on the spectrum. You can't not be on the spectrum. Does that make sense? Or am I wrong by thinking that? No, I mean, I hear what you're saying. It's, I guess it depends on how you look at it, right? If you're looking at it, say like the, like a color spectrum, right? And not like skin color, but just like a rainbow. Yeah. Uh, you have to identify like everybody or, you know, every color falls within that spectrum somewhere. Right. Not just within the rainbow, obviously, because you have ultraviolet and right. infrared and all that other stuff. But if you're looking at the, the full color spectrum, 
yes, everything falls within that spectrum somewhere. I think on an autistic spectrum, there's, in theory, right, there's a zero point where you're... You can't have a zero in a binary spectrum. That's that's the problem. But I don't think that it's a binary spectrum, is it? The way it's it's not yes or no. The way it's presented, it, it is, in my opinion. I okay. I mean, I guess I understand that. I think what it really boils down to is that there's, in my mind, the way that I've I would interpret it, or the way I guess I have interpreted it, is that there's like a minimum value, right, to that spectrum that isn't zero. And so it's possible that you don't meet that minimum requirement to be on the spectrum. <laughs> it can't be a spectrum. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean. Uh, <laughs> that's my that's my dilemma. It's like maybe the way they're they're communicating this and by definition, it's a logical binary choice, right? It has to be. It can't be a spectrum without it being binary. Unless I don't understand the definition of spectrum. spectrum. <laughs> and that's exactly what I just looked up. What is the definition of spectrum? So that we can all be on the same page here, right? Um, so it's a noun, obviously. A band of colors as seen in a rainbow produced by separation, blah, blah, blah. Used to classify something or suggest that it can be classified in terms of its position on a scale between two extreme or opposite points the left or the right of the political spectrum, right? So my point... So on a political spectrum, everybody falls somewhere on the political spectrum, sure. right? Even if you are libertarian because you're a crazy fucking nut job, you're still on the political spectrum sure. somewhere, right? Yeah. You don't exist off of the spectrum. I guess the way that I've always under interpreted, again, this is my personal interpretation of the autism spectrum, is that there are varying degrees of autism, and it presents itself in different ways. And so it's possible that somebody has some characteristics of someone with autism, right? But that not every person with autism is going to have the same symptoms or present them in the same way. I agree. Right. But that doesn't mean that everybody is ultimately autistic to some degree. Then they shouldn't call it a spectrum. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Again, I, I mean, I guess if you were talking about opposite points, right, is like, God, this is probably the worst way to present this. Are you 100% full-blown autistic? <laughs> or are you 0% not autistic at but all? But you can't have a spectrum with a zero value. That's just not that's not true. Even actually that's not even uh like you look at the color spectrum, especially Hank's values, the color black is zeros, not one zero, but it's six zeros, right? And maybe I'm just like agitated enough to where I just want to nitpick the shit out of that. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> but it's like... Did my story upset you that much? It, it probably did. <laughs> Maybe you are autistic. Um, uh, the zero... Okay, so I just... Because Google's our friend, right? Stack Exchange 
because <laughs> that's where you go for this kind of information, says that the zero frequency term corresponds to the DC term in a time series, and the DC term represents the mean value. If the random variable has a zero mean, then the DC term is zero, and thus both the mean value and the spectrum must be zero. Not determinate, though. That's the problem. No. Because in order to get the mean value, sorry, you have to use multiple values. What about the nice value? <sighs> you, you, understand, you, you understand how I'm trying to pick this argument apart, right? Like, I'm, Yes, I do. Basically, that everybody's autistic to some degree. Right. So anyway. But okay, fine. Fine. Let me try this a different way. One is the lowest value on the autism spectrum, and 100 is the highest, okay. right? At one, you are so close to zero that it is imperceptible that you are on the autistic spectrum. That's that's a better definition. Fine. God, you're such a fucking nitpicky. <laughs> But it's it's not on purpose. It's just the. I just say it's. The, but you could have been like, okay, it can't be zero, but it can be one, and one could basically be the same as zero in your analogy, Chris. I just don't like the way it's presented. It just bothers me. And anyway, so you want it? Do you, but do you feel like it should just be binary? You're either autistic or you're yeah. not. Is that the problem? Right. That's the problem. Okay, but I, again, I think. And I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you necessarily. I'm just saying that the the way that I understand because I I am not super familiar with autism, right? So I'm not claiming to be any sort of expert here, and I gen genuinely mean no offense to anybody with anything that I yeah, say up I. to this point or anything that I say afterwards. Uh, I feel like in this day and age we have to qualify that. Not that anybody's going to come for us because who the fuck cares about Chris and Andre's show? Those 65 subscribers <laughs> we got on YouTube, baby. Woo -woo! <laughs> Um, I did it again. I did the razor roof again. You gotta stop Jeez. doing that shit. I, yeah, I'm not, yeah. I am not. Ooh, ooh, I, ooh, 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 I will. Ooh, I will ooh. accept that for uh, <laughs> <laughs> just because I saw Excellent. Arsenio Hall do the post show from the Chris Rock uh, stand up special. But uh, yeah. well, we'll get to that. I'm sure yeah. at some point here. Um, okay. So, anyways, we got way off yeah, on a tangent. Right, let me go here. back to uh, <laughs> let me go back to John Stewart. So yeah. the way he it's i think it's um it's disingenuine no maybe that's not true i don't appreciate the fact that uh, we as a country i won't say a society mm -hmm. are picking the mouthpieces of who well i, I want to be careful who we listen to who we ultimately yeah like who it has to get to in order for us to pay attention. Right. And I, th yep. I think that's very weird. Um, oh, we talked about this on the phone on Sunday, I think, um, where is it good or bad that the majority of Americans and probably people outside of the United States uh, get their news from satire, right? It's, it's up for debate. Sure. I think. Um, on the one hand, you could look at it very cynically, I guess, in a sense, and say, 
it's pathetic that we require some form of entertainment in order for us to be able to digest this news it's properly. A spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. Yeah. Um, on the other you know, hand, you know I think you could. Yeah. Where? Uh, Mary Poppins. Yes. Good job. I'm proud Thank of you. you. Yeah. It's, I'm the pop culture guy. What do you? Just want to make sure you knew where that's from. Uh, yeah. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. <laughs> Not that young. Um, on the other hand, I think you could make the argument that whatever it takes for people to be able to absorb this and learn about things is okay to some degree. You know, like I, I, I hear what you're saying. It would be in an ideal world, we wouldn't need the spoons full of sugar to take our medicine, right? right? We wouldn't need the satire to present these difficult to kind of, for some people to understand, not even understand, but to accept that these things are reality for people to hear it and to process it, to be able to do that without satire means that it would require that more people could ultimately present these facts, which means that you'd have a wider distribution and acceptance of these facts, which means that there's a greater chance that we actually do something about it. The problem is, um, that's not the case. Well, it's, um, Everybody like Brian Brian Tyler Cohen, B, mm -hmm. BTC. He uh, did, I saw a clip on YouTube and and it was about I don't remember I don't remember nor do I care because I I stopped listening when he said it's about getting our you know he's going to do a Spanish language channel because he wants to spread progressive values. I'm okay. like, what does that what does that even mean? You know. Um, and who cares, right? We is he selling insurance? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Him and Flo going to do the Espanol podcast? I, I just, I, I just think that it, <laughs> it sounds so icky. It's like, yo, like, what are we doing? Like, we, we should, as a society, especially as a country, should be able to, to determine right and wrong. Yeah. It's not about picking a side of the argument. Like, we we're that's not helping. Right, it's not helping anything at all, and there are I also there are real sorry, victims when we we're trying to endorse people picking sides. Yes, and I think what that ultimately boils down to, because we've talked about this before with the Republicans, right? Conservative values, progressive values, the labeling of those things, and the uh, binary choice that we've basically presented ourselves with in this country implicates that or implies implies, yeah, not yeah. implicates right. implies that there is a binary difference between progressive and conservative values that there is no overlap between the two right. that there's essentially nothing that you can agree on between the two and that's where we continue to kind of move farther and farther to the extremes because it's this it's a pull from the extreme where it's like if you don't agree with everything that we say or if you agree with anything that the other side says then you can't be part of this right yeah that's and you run the risk of being ostracized by us and 
them and ultimately left in the middle where we should all just be like, cool, we got ostracized by the extremes. Let's all band together <laughs> and actually fix some of this shit. The clip that John Stewart showed of, man, it, it shouldn't have been him, but it was Don Lemon popping out of a cake at New Year's Eve. It was like... Why, why did it have to be Don Lemon? Because I, I just, I can't. And um, it just makes me, it makes me distrust the 24-hour news cycle that much yes. more. Like I have, I mean, they are, what is the motivation for them to tamper the rhetoric around the news cycle? Right. To say that Chinese spy balloon, it's not that big of a deal. Right. There are things that have been floating through the sky for years that we don't shoot down because we understand it's not that big of a deal. Right. But I don't think but I think that that example is divisive. Right. Um, Because one of the one of the key arguments that. pseudo conservatives make is about globalization and how it's bad. Right. And it's like, sure. They say that while still enjoying the fact that they're paying like absolutely nothing for certain technology items, because I mean, as are, you know, non pseudo conservative people, because they're being manufactured in a country where they don't have to pay 20 the bucks workers hardly anything. Sure. And that, but that's right. But- Here's here's what I'm afraid of. I, I think that we start these conversations about certain topics and we're not we're not willing to pull the layers off to expose the true onion. And sure. That bothers me. It's it's just like it's so hypocritical. Uh, it's a it's we're play acting at caring about these things right. is what it really boils down to, right? It's um God, where, where did I hear this the other day? Oh, <laughs> Chris Rock's uh, comedy oh, special, yeah. False o- Selective yeah. Outrage. We pick the things that we want to be upset about. So since we're going to go here, yep. I give Chris Rock a B minus. Um, I thought it was funny. I think he started to lose me when he started to tell me how rich he was. And he kept, sure, yo, I get you. You want to call Jada a bitch like 20 times? I think two to three would have been good. Um, can I can I just ask a question? <laughs> did did I miss something? Did Jada Pinkett Smith get up and slap Chris Rock in the no, face? No, but they have beef, yo. So I, I no, I mean I understand that they have beef, but I'm just saying, like he went in on her. What did she do to him? So I'm a, here's what I'm going to say. So when I when I heard him, did he call Will Smith a bitch? No, nah, he didn't. Because I'm pretty sure that that bitch slapped him. <laughs> The other one, she might have made eyes. He might have read body language and been like, must slap rock, must slap rock. But she didn't do anything. Oh, that's a good point. And he had no problem calling her bitch 20 times in the freaking stand up. But he didn't have much to say about the man that actually got up and slapped him on national television. That's. Well, he doesn't want any uh, another mad rapper. Um, 
I think that it, I will give him credit for saying at the end, um, my, I had parents, they taught me not to, you know, fight in front of white people. That is, you know, and a lot of people kind of gave him shit for that. And, uh, that's a, you know, I grew up hearing that don't, don't put your shit out there in front of white people. Um, I get that. What I, what I, yeah. what I think is, and that's a, an age group thing where younger people have like kind of try to take them to task on that. But it's like, nah, y'all niggas don't know what it was like when we came up and he's, he's probably five years older than I am, or maybe eight years older than I am. Um, Here's what I will say. And this is going to cross, um, uh, it's going to connect Don Lemon because he got in trouble for saying shit he shouldn't have said, mm-hmm. or he probably believes it. And Chris Rock, who's been getting some backlash from um, some quote unquote prominent black women. I think, and to your point, he didn't say shit about uh, Will, but he was quick to call, you know, Jada a bitch. He was quick to talk about uh, entanglement. I thought that was kind of, I mean, that was a low blow, but that was his shot. He took it. <laughs> Here's the weird connecting dot. You're going to be like, yeah. what the fuck? No, I'm, I'm here. Go for it. Come on. <laughs> so I, I was watching this stupid shit because I love my garbage TV. I, I love watching uh, Netflix uh, reality shows. And uh, what was it? The Circle, I think it was, or? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what you were watching, yeah. but The Circle is a dumbass Netflix reality show. Yo, they have these black dudes on there, and they try to hook the black dudes up with the black dudes, but I noticed that the black dudes don't like black women, right? Wait, they tried to hook the black dudes up with the black dudes? Black, the black dudes up with the black women, like, to kind of... Gotcha. And, and like, yeah. they're like, no, nah, I want Shorty over here. It has nothing to do with their ethnicity, but I was like, they got to stop doing that because that don't work, right? That's the, right. These dudes don't like black women, like, straight up. Um, I'm saying this as a guy that's married to a Latina and it's like, I love black women. I'm just married. My wife, I'm my wife is Latina. Like I love black women. I think they're beautiful. Life is what it is. My wife is Latina. Who you're married to does not, is not like, this is the only type of person that I am attracted to. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I would for some people maybe it is, but I'm saying like just as a rule, as it, a general rule of thumb, general, that's not the that's case. That's not how right? it works out. You love who you love, and I, I and you know I'll tell the world like I told my mom. Mom, my promise, I love I love women, and if a woman can put up with my shit, then that's probably the one for me. She's a key. Yeah, she is. And my wife. That's why he keeps me around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If people can put up with my shit, that means that people really care about me. But I think that, like, what Don Lemon said, number one, he doesn't like women and he's it's quick for him to shit on women. And number two, mm-hmm. the way Chris Rock came at Jada, I thought after, like, bitch number three, he was just being disrespectful. Yeah, and I hate to say it, if you call my wife a bitch twenty times, I'm gonna slap you in your motherfucking face again, right? So did he solve anything? Nah, he just he he just went in for him. And I, I get his point. I really do. I really like. I I was like I was with him. I'm like, yeah, but dude, you like 
you're really shit on dude's wife just a little bit too much. You can bring up the beef. You can be like, yo, I don't res- I don't respect what you said to me and bitch this 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 and then stop calling her a bitch. Because the next time I see you, my man, I'm going to slap the shit of you again. You're going to have another concussion. So did he solve anything? No, I thought he, I don't, and it's not just about black women. I, I just don't think you should be like, Gunning for somebody's for somebody's wife, yo. Like, look. I mean, again, my it's not about Jada being a black woman. In my view, because you're a white dude, and I, I get that. No, no, no. I know, but but <laughs> but sorry. it's no. You're fine. I know that was good. Um, I still look at it as like, what did she actually do to deserve? She hurt his feelings. Okay. And most dudes will not admit this when a chick hurts your feelings. You get caught up, but that was like years ago, a long time no, ago, right? But doesn't matter. I mean, he had her on his show like fifteen years ago, right? The Chris Rock show, and all right. So, full disclosure: I have not watched the special yet, but I did stay in a Holiday Inn Express last night. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I did. I was while I was driving back from retrieving my repossessed minivan today uh i was listening to the problem with john stewart podcast and he had an episode with uh david dennis jr and at the end of it they spent like 10 minutes just kind of talking about the the podcast or the the special and uh david dennis jr's point his kind of criticism of it was both of them didn't feel like it was you know they're like it's not it wasn't as good as i thought it was going to be Ultimately, right? I gave it a C plus. Uh, yeah. They, David Dennis Jr.'s issue with Chris Rock is that he has now kind of a track record of treating black women similarly, like kind of going after black women, whether it's just generally in his stand ups that he's done, whether it's specifically at Jada Pinkett Smith. You know, he made the comment, he was like, you had an entire room full of people and you singled out the one kind of black woman that had hair issues right and decided that you were gonna hmm. go after i think that. that's a weak argument but continue i think in his in in david's mind i'm gonna call him david because we're on a first name basis uh it was just continuing the pattern of what he felt was disrespect towards black women from chris rock for a very long time now and that again right sitting there and targeting her in the special and calling her a bitch repeatedly when she's not the one that got up and slapped him in the face on national television was kind of like, that was a bitch move. Yeah, it was a bitch move ultimately. Right? Like he feels like he has the position to be able to do that without a whole lot of recourse. Obviously that kind of came back to bite him. At the Oscars last year, because there was recourse, it just wasn't from her. Well, I, right? I think he said some slick shit, and I didn't know the history of her saying like he should not do the Oscars again because of you know will not like it wasn't him voting for motherfucker shit, right? So yeah. that should have been a different conversation. So when you, when he said that part of the joke, I'm like, but nigga, why why are you going at her like that? Like like for real. You say some slick shit about my wife. And that, like I said, the first time I'm like, yo, real talk. 
say something cute about my wife and watch what happens. Yeah. And he called it, he called Will's wife a bitch like a good handful of times. I mean, I, like, do I think that Will's going to like, yo, if I caught, seek him if out I called your wife, and- a, like, first of all, if I called your wife a bitch, like a handful of times, we would have a conversation. Yeah. You'd be like, yo, Dre, you need yeah. to show the fuck uh, no, up. I mean, right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but what I'm saying is that after everything that transpired, I it's not I don't believe that Will Smith is going to be like, well, I guess I got to go slap that motherfucker again. Right? Yeah, but like, he took his cheap shot at Will saying he heard that he got spit in the face on. And now I don't I don't follow celebrities like that. And I'm like, yeah, okay, so yeah. if you're going to make Will the target, yo, have at it, B. I don't care. That's where the beef yeah. is. Should be ultimately right. Like if you're talking about the slap, the beef should be with right. Will and not with Jada and. From what I heard, again, not having actually watched the special, but you seem to kind of corroborate this. He took a lot more shots at Jada for that than he did it with. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sorry. I'd be lined up to slap that nigga in the face again. Like, oh, you didn't get it the first time? Right. <laughs> I mean, if you got a problem with me, That's me and you. come talk yeah. to me. But don't stand here and say more shit about my wife and think that I'm just going to let that slide. But I'm just saying, like Chris Rock, you're funny, dude. Like I get it. I I, I didn't like you for a, like probably a quarter of your career. I didn't think you were that dude. I think you've grown into your comedy. I think, but I will say legit, and I know everybody like celebrities are like trying to play both sides of the fence. Yo, that nigga just earned another slap in the goddamn mouth. Cause you said that you said that shit about my wife like the second time. And you're like, bitch, bitch, after number four, like, I would. I I wouldn't even let it get to four personally. Yo, like, yo I'm going to let you. Uh, one uh, time, one I'm time, let, I might let it I'm, slide. I'm going to let comedy, you get it right? out. I'm going to let you get it out. But but you uh, more than once. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Yo, man. But, but Will did him dirty, right? Like there was. I mean, he, oh, he did. I mean, that look. I, and that's the whole thing, right? Regardless of whether or not. There's nothing Chris Rock does to Will Smith. That nigga's like six three, six four. Right. No. I mean, and he said as much on on in the special, yeah. right? He is like, you know, not fighting him. Like that dude was, was Muhammad Ali. Right? Like he does movies and takes his shirt off. You've never right. seen me do a movie and take my shirt right. off. He like, said, I'm doing an open heart surgery. I'm going to have a sweater surgery. on. I got a sweater. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Like that's just funny. The self-deprecating stuff. It's funny, right? That. Like that's, But yeah, like, you're, you're absolutely. asking for it again, B. Like it's like. You are. I mean, you're going right back to the same well. That's what I don't get. Like you want to attack Will Smith. I bet you he'd let you get away with that shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, it's for a comedy special. I get that's it. Your yeah. Job. You know, Move. that's your job. Yes. Everybody kind of wanted to hear you talk about it. All right. I'm going to let that shit slide. But the moment that he goes back to attacking Jada, I'd be like, what do I have to do to get this guy to fucking understand this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> is Wayne Brady going to have to choke a bitch? <laughs> and I was, I was on the fence. I'm like, I didn't like, I don't know how I felt about the emancipation joke. I haven't seen Emancipation yet because uh, as a kid, my parents used to make us watch Roots and I would be like, not okay with white people for like a few months. Um, I heard it's a good movie. I just don't want to, I just don't like slavery, right? And for him to say, 
you know, he watched understandably. Yeah. So by the way, <laughs> he's like, he's like, yo, I want to see, I watched it just so I could see him get whipped. I'm like, all right, that's a good joke, but you're, it's, it goes back to how I felt about Dave Chappelle back in the day. Like stop giving white people a reason to laugh at our pain. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's okay. And I got nothing against white people. My wife keeps telling me, babe, you know that Chris is white. I'm like, babe, I don't say shit about white people to make, right. to make people feel uncomfortable. I, it's like, I say it because, you know, you and I have talked where it's like, look, well, you, you slipped up one day and said, I understand. You're like, no, I don't understand. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to, I really genuinely don't want to like hold people accountable because to something they weren't there for or, and or responsible for. It's like, no, I just need you to yeah. understand like there are boundaries where it's like, when you like, give me my space, give me an opportunity to fuck up on my own yep. as opposed to giving me more obstacles to jump over to get where I'm trying to go. So I don't have beef with white people. And I, and I say that genuinely. Right. Um, <laughs> Chris, you know, Chris, is yeah, she, she always, she's like, <laughs> I I'm like, like, yeah. He, holy <laughs> shit! Seriously, like, babe, for real? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I, I tried. I've been watching uh, uh, South Park from like episode one. Mm -hmm. The nigger guy episode. Yeah, I know you. You're the guy that said nigger on Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> Look, everybody, it's the nigger guy. <laughs> hey, it is him. And like I've been afraid to Google how they get away with that shit, but I didn't like that episode. Yeah, I was like, "Yo," and I and I got I get what those guys do to kind of get their message across. Yep, that was a tough pill to swallow. And I didn't, I didn't like it, um, and I try to watch that show just so I can understand. Again, for me, I like to learn stuff. I like to understand how people are thinking and 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 how they respond to things, but. It, it just, it also made me kind of pull back a little bit and say, yo, are we just like a insensitive society and sensitive culture? And I, I don't know, man. I mean, like, it's a fair question, but at the same time, I think, you know, the, there are some people and I'm not one of those necessarily who feel that society right now is almost like too sensitive. And I'm not saying specifically about that, but just. Stuff in general, right? Like, oh, you can't joke about that. Oh, you can't joke about that. Oh, you can't joke about that. Um, uh, there, uh, you, I think you said the proper thing earlier. There's boundaries. Right. That there's societal boundaries, right? There's individual boundaries. And some of those things, you know, like the South Park episode, I think is was done... <sighs> I mean, so much of what South Park does is is, is tongue in cheek, right? It's like I don't think so. I really don't. I think they have a um, they they have a genuine agenda, right? Well, yeah, and it goes back to what we were saying before, where we have we felt comfortable getting things from satire, um, and that's I mean that's a big part of it, right? Like that was part of South Park's appeal for so long was that the speed with which they were able to take real world events that were occurring right. and immediately turn them into satirical episodes, right? 
that was for me that was the peak south park right when i could be watching the news and see something happen and then that wednesday night south park had an episode that talked about what just happened and how did what did you do with that information nothing i laughed at it well that's and that's the problem that's the problem is that ultimately there's no responsibility to follow up from the satire point Right. Same thing with John Oliver. Right. This was the issue we had with John Oliver. It's satire for him to go collect all of this digital information, cookie data on the people in Washington, D.C. that clicked and a bunch of stuff and then do nothing with it. Right. Yeah, it, it, it's um, I, now now if my wife listens or my daughter, they listen to this. But like, dad, you talk so slow. I try, I try to think about what I say. Chris is so because, much faster than you, Andre. Yeah. <laughs> Chris is always talking quick and you're like pausing. I'm like, well, because it's important. I don't want to say something that I don't mean or, and, and so that's important to me. I, I try to make sure my thought is clear before I try to present. And it. I just blurt out whatever stupid shit comes into my head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it's disappointing, right? Like uh, the, Back to John Stewart, like he really said, you know, black people. Now it's time for white people to listen. Mm-hmm. And he just went back in history to all the times where black people have been talking, but white people have not been listening. One of the clips he played um, shortly thereafter, uh, Malcolm X said that one of the biggest, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, one of the biggest problems that the black community has is the moderate white man. Right. Because like out of expedience, out of, you know, uh, some type of misguided moral compass, some things are, 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 are genuinely wrong, but they, their response to it is just out of expedience. It's just because they don't want to be associated with, uh, something negative. What do you do with that? Right. Um, we we talked about we've talked about George Floyd to uh, shit ad nauseum, mm-hmm. and I said to you like this is different. And I also said well, nothing's going to change, right? <laughs> um, and look where we are, right? Look where we are. Um, and I I don't have a solution for it. Um, I really don't. I've actually had uh, in the last three months two people, both Caucasian. One of Italian descent, one I didn't uh, actually Caucasian and Thai descent asked me about reparations and I don't have a solution, but I'm like, yeah, you know, what I do think would be important is that maybe it's not giving people like, let's say $200,000, but we do like we do in the suburbs. You invest $200,000 per person that lives in a a certain community. Uh, The clip that um, John Oliver or I'm sorry, uh, that John Seward has about Maybe I share this one too about drugs. Remember how I get so pissed off when I hear about opioids mm-hmm. and the the different messaging from Reagan to current? Yep. It's fucking. I'm not the only one that keeps saying this shit. It's like I I don't I'm fucking. I, and I'm sorry to say this, but it's true. I don't fucking care about suburban kids getting fucking opioids because nobody gave a fuck when it was happening to the inner city. Nope. Still don't. To be clear, right? Right. People don't give a fuck what's happening in the inner city. I mean, it's what we we touched on earlier. It's it's easy for the people in suburbia 
to drive through those areas without actually having to engage with it. Right. Right. And it may flip through their mind for a second. Wow. This place must be really tough to, to live here. Right. And then it's out of their mind because they're out of there and they're back in their gated communities or, you know, shit. Go to, go to downtown Raleigh, man. Yeah. Go, seriously. No shit. Go to fucking P street, Bunt street and just look at the gentrification happening. Yeah. It makes no God, if I see one more fucking Prius, <laughs> I was in, I was off of South Saunders Street, uh, South Saunders Highway 70 in Tryon yesterday. Mm -hmm. That is predominantly uh, a Latino neighborhood. You got international foods there. You've got uh, a bunch of uh, stores that in restaurants that cater to Latinos. They are cramming in two apartment buildings on the corner of South Saunders and Tryon. And when I was driving into that plaza yesterday, I was like, you know, they're building a lot of shit here. And I was well, one of my other people. And I was like, you know, this could be a good thing or a bad thing. I, and I'm going to guess it's a bad thing. We went to another spot. Then we went back through and I saw the apartments. I was like, yo, this does not turn out well for non-white people. Yeah. Like, them niggas are gone, yo. Give them like eight, ten months. Yep. They'll clear they're it gonna out. Rent those, yeah, those, they're going to rent those apartments for like $2,200, $2,400 a month. And then all the property values around the area go up. People can no longer afford it. People can't pay their taxes. And then they're gone. And then they bulldoze that shit and build new apartments and houses. Man, I don't... Yeah. And I mean, it's not like that's unique to Raleigh, right? Or that one specific right. area, like you said, P Street, Blunt Street. Like, it's been happening all over. I mean, it, it happens here in Wilmington. You know, in Wilmington, there's more undeveloped space. But it will get developed. It is currently being developed. I mean, there's <laughs> like maybe, I don't know, 10 vacant lots left in Carolina Beach, like behind the main drag at this point and every single one that's being developed right now has either a massive house on it or, or, or condos or condos. Yeah. Or, or some form of high density, but it's all high end high density, right? Like I'm sorry, but I feel like a hypocrite because I'm part of the problem, right? Because well, we is, all this are. Is, I mean, that's, that's, that's the truth of the matter, right? If you're not yeah. if you're not suffering from this stuff, then ultimately you're you're part of the problem. And it's not intentional, right? We're not going out of our way like let's gentrify and you know, like right. you and I look at it and we're upset, but I think part of it again is it's like, well, what do you do? You know, as an individual, like I I would love to see more affordable housing, but how do I go about actually making that come true? You know, I mean, that every single apartment building that they put up starting in the 200,000s, so like $200,000 for a fucking condo, like a, a one bedroom well, condo. I can afford that. Though. You can. <laughs> so, I know. But you but see, you, saying, you see my, you see the dilemma. But then it's, it's like, like wh what do you do? Like, <sighs> but so you've got two, you've got two opposing forces, yeah. right? Where, um, and, and I don't want to beat a dead horse. I, I, but I'm at a crossroads, right? You have the two opposing forces is like, I'm at an age where I'm thinking about where do I, where do I live next? Mm -hmm. Right. And how do I 
take what I currently have been able to obtain to fund the rest of my dream. And the beach is one place that is on my list, at the top of my list. At the same time, the opposition is, okay, so what about everybody else? Yeah. Now I'm part of the problem because I'm going to more than likely rent my house to where, you know, uh, my house where I currently live to people that can afford it. You're going to try that, to maximize the value that you can get out of your home, right? Which right. is within your right to do, but ultimately it leaves you feeling some sort of conundrum here where it's like, well, should... You know what? You're gonna rent it at a loss? No, that doesn't make any no, sense, right? You're gonna silly. rent it for the same amount of money it costs you? No. Why are you hanging on to that and dealing with the headache, <laughs> right? Like, ultimately, there's a trade-off there. But I think, I don't know, man. Like, it's really hard because again, we've talked about this before that it's not. I don't look at it as like, oh, well, capitalism itself is the problem, right? It's not. It's not. But. There's something about the idea that every single individual is out to get the most that they can, even if it comes at a cost to somebody else, right? There's a, but do you think that's the case? I think there's a, there's a perception that that's what everybody's doing, and if I don't do it too, then I'm the one that's getting screwed. And there's a fear that people are going to be the ones getting screwed. That they're the ones so, getting taken advantage of, and instead it's better in some people's minds to take advantage than to be taken advantage of. Yeah, I don't um, – yeah, and, and I, I continue to wrestle with that. Yeah. I was, I was listening to like an overview of the president's uh, like uh, budget bullshit promotional plan for him to run for president again. Mm -hmm. And one thing that bothers me is that there was a point where I believe the max taxable income was one forty nine six fifty, I believe. And this is like going back some years where like once you got to that point, the max you're ever going to get taxed is 30%. Now it's $160,000. We constantly talk about the 1%, but you know how many people make $160,000 and up? There's a lot of them. Right. Um, I say that to say this. Capitalism is not the problem. It's the fact that we have reduced the amount of opportunities people have to do things for themselves like long term. Okay. And I struggle with the, you know, I struggle with the argument of how bad capitalism is. Um, I, I just, I, what do you feel like is driving that though, right? This, this reduction of things that people can do to help themselves. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, it, I sent a link to, uh, to you and, and Joe about the um, Canadians, like taking the, the groceries to task on their mm -hmm. largest year of profits. Yeah. Right. I think it's, Actually, maybe I do know. I think the issue is that it's partially what you said, where people feel like they need to do unto others before they do unto them, yeah. <laughs> which is a new golden rule. Um, <laughs> I don't like that golden rule. <laughs> it's a a false sense of scarcity. Um, sure. 
And I, I think there's a healthy level of understanding the principle of scarcity that also motivates you to innovate. Mm-hmm. But the, the the general sense of scarcity now is that uh, there's a it's a zero sum game, right? So if society can figure out how to get get out of the zero out of zero sum thinking and understand that no, there's going to be opportunities to do other things, and yes, industries will eventually peak out and plateau and you move to something else. And it, it, it's, it, that drives innovation, that drives growth. Things are better. Um, but I, I think that most people think that scarcity means that there's no more resources, but that's also not true because if you can move the ta- the, the, the max taxable income to $160,000, mm-hmm. that means there's incremental growth at some point. Um, and I'll tie it back into the, you know, if you make more than $400,000, you're in the 1%. You know how many people I know that make more than like $400,000 a year or more? And they even have their own problems. So I think that we're looking... more money, more problems. Well, not... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's altogether true. I I mean, it's, it's not. It's more money, different problems. Right. Right. More often than not. I mean, last year I made a good amount of money. Right. Right. I I don't feel like sharing a specific number, but I made a good amount of money. We're single income family. My wife is staying home. Um, Obviously, I have some budgeting issues that I need to work through. (laughs) But. Growing. I was literally going to say that. Yeah, I was like, yeah, but well, you're spending everything. Okay. <laughs> but growing up, right? Right. If I, if you'd have told me by this age I was making as much money as I'm making, you wouldn't believe it. No, I'd be like, man, I'm living on Easy Street. That must be nice, right? And yet, partly due to my lack of budgeting and spending control. I'm still kind of living paycheck to paycheck. And that's sad to me, right? I mean, and again, I recognize some of my own culpability in that, that there are things that I can do to improve my own situation. But I I also look back and I'm like, how the hell did I make it 10 years ago when I wasn't even making, I mean, like one fifth of what I'm making right now? So, but, but do you see my point though? Right. It's like you, I don't, I, again, I don't have a saw. I think that, um, huh. Somebody asked me a couple of days ago, literally just this week about like money. And I was like, you know, I think one of the things that actually helped me in my life was the fact that I was around wealthy people and, you know, my, um, my prior in-laws and they're wealthy. So you kind of pick up some things now. Yeah. The change in the couch cushions. (laughs) (laughs) I found a $50 bill. (laughs) You guys be leaving some big bills in your your pockets. Uh, Thank God for khakis. Right. Uh, So I, I guess my point, but it's exposure to the right information. Sure. Right. So I, I look at certain things differently. I look at how, you know, just those private conversations about 
like finances differently. Um, doesn't mean I have it all solved. I look at like my aspirations and goals a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. uh, case in point, I would never buy a house without the intent of later on in my life renting that same house until I get to the house. Uh, so everything for me is an investment. It has nothing to do with like, oh, I really like this neighborhood. No, there are things I like about the neighborhood, the proximity to X, Y, and Z, but this is a, this is an investment for me. Mm -hmm. on, on the other side of the coin, I'm also honest enough to say that not everybody should own a house. <laughs> like, right? Just on that. Right? No, it's it's just the American dream doesn't con you know doesn't you know uh, include that. But like, but it did at one point, right? Like we've discussed that before. That there there was a time, and whether it was reasonable for everybody to want that right. or not, that was the dream. You know, it was, it was like, more obtainable, right? Yeah, it was but more at obtainable. The, at the same time, you're talking a fifty, sixty thousand dollar house at twenty two, twenty five percent interest. Sure, that's astronomically more, like, principal to interest than what people pay now. And yeah. we can't we can't stomach that. We're not doing the things as a society to get more people in the position to get to a point where they can buy a home. Sure. And we're we're losing since the the country's grown at the same at a very rapid pace. Mm -hmm. There's less available land. Yes. So it started the cycle of like more neighborhoods getting gentrified. Yeah. So how do we refocus and how do we like? understand the new rules of the playground i don't know but it's it's a question worth asking i mean you think about it you take it way 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 back right to the 1800s right as people are moving westward through the through north america right you just basically like this is my land now right. not to buy it from anybody right oh there's some trees over there i'm gonna go chop those down and i'm gonna build me a house and now I have property and I've got a house. And then eventually I'm like, all right, well, this is all mine. You can't have any of this, right? Right. You can't do that anywhere now. But and I'm not saying, I'm just saying like we've gone a long way. And and I guess I but, look at it as, as to some degree. I mean, and, and there's a, you talked about innovation. There's a lot of that that still can happen. But I just think that like to some degree there's, there's less opportunity available at this point in general. I disagree. I disagree hundred percent. I think that we're trying to ride the coattails of other people as opposed to looking at realistic opportunities available to us. So one of the products I just launched a few weeks ago, I'm actually, it's sellable, right? But it took me as the business owner to say, wait a minute, I think I'm doing something wrong, right? I'm funding 100% of my company right now from like my income. Mm -hmm. I need to look at things as, and I think I said this early and when we started recording during the pandemic, that the future is going to be service services. Mm -hmm. I I spent most of November and December thinking of how to realign my company to sell more products and goods and services that are, uh, able to um, like generate revenue. So 
I think our perspective's wrong. I think of I think that if we're not willing to look at what's available, what resources do you have available right now or that you can obtain reasonably, we're going to stay in the same rut. But I, I do believe that it's possible. And, and I, I, let me go back to that product. It's actually working, mm -hmm. right? Just a little, uh, not a little shift, but a shift to do something that can actually uh, keep the lights on for my company. It was a a change in perspective of what I was trying to accomplish. The end goal is still the end goal, but I need to redirect my efforts and energy to, you know, to make smarter moves to, and I'm still tweaking things, but it was, it was me deciding to change my perspective, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that if you look across what people are doing now, uh, whether it's their personal finances, whether they're looking at starting a business, they have to think about it differently and they have to be honest about the resources available, the resources they can obtain to get the ball rolling in the direction they're trying to go in. I just don't think people are willing to do that. There, There is opportunity out there. Do you think that it's people aren't willing to or that they don't know how to? I think it's a little bit of both, right? Yeah. Uh, they're not willing to because it keeps looking at social media influencers that are driving Lambos and you know, living that life. Yeah. So they think it's easy. They keep, they're willing to spend $2,000 for some bullshit course to get or dump rich. all of their retirement fund into cryptocurrency. And then exactly. Watch the bottom fall out of it. Right. And then the, the opposing part is they don't know how to is they, they get advice from these same idiots like, or people in a category like a Kevin O'Leary and thank you, Hassam and Minaj for ripping him a new asshole because he deserves it. Um, I just, I think you, you mentioned it earlier that you had the opportunity to be exposed to people with a lot of money, right? And that that changed your view on how to achieve the things that you want, right? That's fair. And that's not something that everybody necessarily has the opportunity to experience. And so not to completely discount what you're saying, I think you're right. Like people do need to take some, obviously some level of personal responsibility in educating themselves to help them achieve their own goal. I just, I think for some people, they don't know where to start and they end up in those situations where they're listening to you know, personal financial people online or, you know, because they don't have the money to invest in, you know, whatever, like they, they feel like, oh, I need to invest in this course in order for me to understand how to achieve the goals that I want, not realizing going into it that this guy's just ripping you off, that, that nobody out there is going to inform strangers how to make millions of dollars out of the goodness of their own heart. Right? I, that's, and that's where I will push back and say, I agree with 90% of that. Okay. Um, one of the things that I would do when I worked um, at for McDonald's Corporation, mm -hmm. even at McDonald's in general, was I struggled with my personal relationship, my marriage. I was you know, recently divorced. I would see customers that were older, that were married, and just be like, hey, can I buy you a coffee? Just want to ask you a few questions. There are people out and I would ask them about, Hey, how do you guys stay married so long? <laughs> you know, like I would, like, I've got nothing to lose. Right. Right. Um, and I, I would say if your personal finances are your, like something you're trying to work on, mm -hmm. 
there are people out there that are willing to like share that information with you. Some there are not, but yeah, you can I, ask people questions. I guess I'm leaning more towards the people aren't, if somebody's selling you something on then how to achieve that's something, the wrong person. then yeah. Right. And it's, it's the same thing with, I look at cryptocurrency, right? Those guys aren't necessarily selling you something directly. They're not requiring you to buy something, but right. the influencers and the people who are starting up all these bullshit coins, the reason they're telling you to get into it is because that's how they make money. Right. There's a, there's a, personal financial incentive in it for them and i mean granted crypto's a giant ponzi scheme so right. that's how ponzi schemes work you only make money if you get other suckers to buy in at a higher rate than what you bought in at like but to to our point or and also to kind of solidify what i'm saying there are people like you can ask somebody that's doing something that you admire and they can say yes i'll share or no i won't Right. And you can't be afraid of that. And uh, yeah, I think some people are afraid to ask. I, I still think that to some degree, there are people who would ask, but they don't have access to those people in their life. They can find them. So I'm not saying, all right, so I understand what you're saying, but they are there, right? They are there. If you go to, if you're like, hey, I want to start my own business and you mm -hmm. live in, uh, like you go to your, your local deli every day. Uh, go ask the owner. Hey, you of all people should know that asking a restaurant owner how to make money is a bad idea. <laughs> I, <it's>, <laughs> <laughs> Do not open a restaurant. A restaurant is the worst business you could possibly get into. You're five years before you turn any sort of profit. Can you go five years without a paycheck? Can you? They don't open a restaurant. Go to your local deli owner. Ask him, how'd you get started? I fucking hate my life. That's how I spent five years working and toiling and I'm just now making a profit. Yes, that's, that is true. That would, that would be my answer. I'd be like, don't open a restaurant. Please don't. Please just run. Run as far away as you can. But there are places I go to, I do business with where I actually bump into the owner of the, of the place. Sure. And I'll just say, I'll ask them questions like, Hey, you know, it's okay. Right. And some people will tell you, I don't want to share that with you. Okay. All right, cool. But we do business in places all the time. Like everybody does. You go yep. to a gas station, you go to a, a grocery store, you go to like, you, we go to places all the time, you know, run into your local realtor, run into like, go and ask people like schedule your time to go ask people that are doing something you're not doing. I heard a guy, actually one of the people that I met in my life, he said, in order to get what I have, you must do what I've done. And now granted we're not in the same industry, but one of the things he would teach me was like, you know, and I I've taken it to heart is ask questions. The worst thing somebody's going to do is tell you now. Like, that's no, it. that's not true. You told me the worst thing somebody's going to do and is hit you in the punch face. Punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> now, granted, they're probably not going to do that if you just ask them some questions. But. Yeah, but you're, but it's okay to ask questions. You know, I always, uh, even the ER, yeah, you know, I would sit with the CEO and and be like, hey, you know, hell, I got promoted because I disagree with them, mm -hmm. right? Um. I would ask him questions about how we got started and, and, and things like that, because you, you have to 
do the things the other person did to get where you're trying to go. It doesn't have to be like step by step, but you can glean some type of insight into what they did to get where they are. Um, not hard, not easy though, right? You just have to kind of ask yourself, do I really want to accomplish this? Yeah, I, um, I mean, it's a lot easier when you have like a million dollars from your dad or your mom or your parents. And I knew you were going to do that, right? Um, but somebody gave uh, my two of my kids would get like uh, grief about that because you know uh, they have more resources going into the game than other people, and I had mm-hmm. to tell them, like, look, sure, people are going to hate on that. Your job is to like you think about people that inherit money. The a lot of the legwork is done. The harder part of it is to maintain that. Sure. So you can look at it as, oh, I haven't, you know, sweat. I haven't put as much sweat equity as everybody else. Or you can look at it like, nah, nigga, I gotta like, <laughs> I gotta make sure I don't end up at zero. You know, I may have started at a hundred plus, but I can't get down to zero. How do I make that grow? Um, so I, I, huh, I don't know. I'm sure Warren Buffett gives that information. There's a lot of people like when I think of people that are truly like financially like successful and the people I've interacted with in life, uh, even Bill Gates, they all say the same thing. They're willing to give out the advice, not the bullshit advice of like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg wears only a t-shirt every day, but his t-shirt is like $400. Like nobody's rocking that shit, but there are things you can, if you read in between the hype, you can actually learn the lesson. Um, If that makes sense. Maybe I'm being being naive or optimistic and you can say, Oh, you're being, well, I think a little, yeah. I mean, I, I, I do ultimately, I think it's a lot easier to start out a hundred yards ahead of everybody else. Sure. Jeff Bezos, uh, Bill Gates, Donald Trump, Steve Jobs. Got it. Yep. Right. And that doesn't mean that, that people who started out that far ahead are inherently bad or that they don't have to work. Right. But I think that the, even Mark Zuckerberg, right? Like his parents basically said, we'll pay for you to go to Harvard or Yale. And he's like, fuck that. I want to go to Stanford. It's like, (laughs) okay. So like, that's a lot easier to do when ultimately you have your rich ass parents to fall back on. Right. I mean, like my parents aren't rich ass, but they have, uh, resources, you know, right. and like I fucked around in college because to some degree I knew like, oh, well, worst case scenario, like mom and dad are still there. Right. Um, I wasn't going to fall into poverty because my parents were going to be there to help me out. And not everybody has that kind of support network. That's so fair. Not everybody feels as comfortable taking the same types of risks. My risk was not even really a risk. It was just like, I didn't fucking want to go to school anymore. Um, yeah, I just – I hear exactly what you're saying, and I think there is a lot of truth to it. Um, but th- but to be fair, think about – I didn't come for money, and, like, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't have, like, a big safety net, and um, – That's part of even- the reason I respect you because I <laughs> – I, no, I mean, I'm serious here. Is like because I do, based on what you've told me – I can appreciate the amount of hard work and effort that you've put in to get to where you are now, that it wasn't just like, Oh, I, I started here and I'm still here and I was able to just maintain this level, you know, like you 
have gone through your ups and downs and through that grown into the person that you are now and learned the things that you've learned and your ability to sit down with people and ask them questions and recognize that that's what it was going to take for you to get to where you wanted to go is something that a lot of people will never understand, right? And I think it's part of the reason that you share it here is because in the hopes that other people recognize, like, it may not be as difficult as you think it is to get the information that you need to be successful or to get to where you want to go in life. Right. I mean, you've shared so much knowledge with me over the years that have helped that has helped me to get to where I am, getting my car repossessed, <laughs> having to drive eight hours round trip. Because you're a fucking idiot. I suppose I can't do math, you know? Like, <laughs> yo, that first check didn't clear, yo. Nigga's fucking, like... I went shopping. <laughs> I had all this extra money in my account. It's like, yo, we're... Yo, baby, I don't know. I didn't work... I didn't get a bonus, but we just got, like, an extra, like... That's part of it, though, no, is because of the way that my fucking commission shit is structured. I... <laughs> I'm you're fucking I get that stupid. commission check and I'm just like yeah. but I, but I'm saying and I, I appreciate the, the things you're saying and I'm not saying I'm not saying pull yourself up by the bootstraps I'm no. saying like you know as a black get man get somebody saying, else to do it for you no nah, fuck that I'm, <laughs> I'm saying as a black man don't put extra things I gotta jump over yes. because we all gotta jump over the same shit I don't want an extra two things to jump over yeah but I'm saying that they're like genuine people that are like, and not everybody's genuine. Not everybody no. wants to help a motherfucker out. And I get that, but I'm like, ask the question, right? Um, if you really want it, like for me, like at the end of the day, I don't want to work for people the rest of my fucking life. You know, I've, I've determined to, and I've told my wife, I'm never going to retire. I'm going to work until the wheels fall off. But in my later years, I'm going to be working on things that help me to give back and contribute, but keep the lights on. Yeah. But I don't plan on, I don't fucking care about Social Security or Medicare. I, fuck that shit. It could or it could not be there. I don't right. fucking care. Yeah. Because I'm going to work until like, I can't work anymore. My grandfather did it. Uh, and I don't see anything wrong with that. If I can go, if I can take a month off and spend with my grandkids in the future, that's dope. But on Monday, I'm going to take my black ass to work, right? But uh, like you said, at that point, what you're working on is as much a passion as it is anything else, right? right. It's, not a, it's not working for somebody else doing a kind of bullshit nine-to-five job, right? Yeah. And that's I, – I mean, because I, those are t two different things in my mind. Like I, I – no offense, but I would look at that as, as a form of retirement, right? Like, all right, now I get to invest my time in the things that I care about. Yes, it's it's still technically work, right? But it's right. I'm working for myself. I'm working on projects and things that I care about. And for you, it's about giving back and, and creating more value for other people. You know, some people will work until they're 80, 90 years old at a fucking bullshit nine to five job because they never figured out how to be able to not have to do that. And, 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 and again, right, there's, there's a, there is a, a, a level of personal responsibility that comes along with that ultimately. Um, so I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting, right? I mean, I think like at the end of the day, there's not, it's not a blanket solution for everybody. It's not, hey, 
boom, here's how you get to where you want to be. Anybody who wants, right? And that's the whole like guru financial, yeah, you know, personal guys. financial uh, influencer bullshit. You know, all these YouTube channels that get rich quick stuff, the cryptocurrency, passive, passive income, generational wealth. Fuck that shit. That shit does not exist. Yeah. It does not exist. Please I mean, stop. Those fucking articles are on like MSNBC.com, right? Right. Like, <laughs> Here's 15 ways to earn passive income. You know, XYZ person makes $60,000 a month and they don't work a single day. It's all through passive income. It's like, well, I took the $15 million my grandfather gave me as an inheritance and I purchased some properties and I rented out and I am, you know, raping the people over the coals with, uh, I said raping. I meant to you say, did raping. say raping. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're raping them over the coals too. Uh, you know, they can barely afford to stay in this house, but fuck them because I'm getting mine. Here, here's something that I, I learned and we can wrap it up with this. Um, there's no such thing as passive income because there's no such thing as passive food, especially vegetables. Right. Um, I, Go I ahead. see I'm your, listening. your eyes are days. No. When, when I think about things I've learned from like just my, you know, reading and studying of the Bible, there's a lot of agricultural, like, uh, like analogies, mm -hmm. you know, you reap what you sow, you, you know, uh, uh, faith can start from the seed, you know, the, a mustard seed knee high by the 4th of July. That's not in the Bible, but well, I'll let you should go be. with that. Should <laughs> it should <be>. not be. <laughs> um, there are things that, you know, when you, when you look at agriculture, if you look at a tree, there was like a few years ago and there's, I was actually going to write my own uh, financial um, management program. I decided not to, um, but I was looking outside in my backyard and I started looking at a tree. And they're like, we've been here for like a number of years. And I, there's this one tree that I've watched grow over the years. And I was impressed by the, the way the trunk grew and how the branches formed. They, didn't, they only formed like 15 feet from the base of the, of the trunk. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, that's beautiful, yo. <laughs> like when you start to think about how things start to grow and how uh, like in order to reap the benefits of the shade of that tree, Somebody had to plant the tree, groom the tree, like, you know, make sure that it pulled all the weeds around it, make sure it had water. And of course it rains and blah, blah, blah. But to see the, the growth of that, even the tree in the front of my house, mm -hmm. I remember when it was just a little tree sapling basically. And how, when it was first there, they had like, like ropes and, and sticks and, and like a post around it to make mm -hmm. sure it grew a certain way. There's no, and, but there's still work to be done, right? Every two years we trim bushes to make sure that things aren't falling in the house. There's no such thing as passive anything. There's everything, everything of beauty, everything of worth requires work. And we can see it in agriculture. We can see it in nature. Nothing is just willy nilly without effort and work to it. Money doesn't come from nothing. Right. So when people can just realize and recognize that, that you have to grow these things, you have to pull the weeds from around, like I did in, you know, from November until the beginning of the year, just pulling the weeds from around things I was trying to do and trying to look at ways to, you know, add nourishment to what I'm trying to do. It's, it requires effort and it's not complicated. 
it really isn't. It's just that we, we make it complicated because it, we feel like it's a better story. And it's not. It's the same work. It can be a different field, but it's the same work. You have to plant these seeds. You have to like make sure that it's got sunlight. You have to make sure that it's got nourishment. The soil's good. You have to you know continuously look at ways to maintain it so it doesn't overgrow and it's un- unwieldy and it doesn't destroy other things. And it's a beautiful picture. And in my mind, I think that uh, I simplify it because. If you don't simplify it, you, you can't, you'll never see it. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, you know, I, I don't want to minimize what people have to do to get where they're going, but I will say that eh, you're probably looking at it too hard, <laughs> right? Yeah. Take a beat, take a step back and just kind of look at it, you know, from the things we see in nature, you think about vegetables growing, same thing, right? And granted, we put a lot of pesticides and other shit in our food, but it's literally the same thing. How do you take that same process and apply it to what you're trying to do? And for everybody, it's different. And I don't come from a farming background, but I do try. Well, I, I, well, I try to observe, I try to observe the simplicity of some things. Um, And to wrap it up, finally, there's sometimes in like, I can paint, I can draw. But computer graphics, sometimes it fucks with my head. But I had this epiphany like two days ago. Andre, look at the shapes, right? And when I can look at the shapes and break everything break everything down into a simple shape, I can like computer graphics has gotten a lot easier for me where I used to struggle. I would yeah. just use my my pad here and just sketch it because that felt more natural. But it's like, eh, I need to save like probably 30, 40% more time. But now I can, I'm starting to look at the shapes, the simplicity of what I'm, I'm trying to design. Hey guys, thanks for watching this episode. In case you ignored my previous instructions, make sure to subscribe to the channel and hit that notification bell. Oh, and don't forget to tickle that little like button. And if you have something to say, you can drop it in the comment down below. We'll see you on the next one.